Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to a good football show. I am Matt Straup, and today we are going to be discussing our 10 biggest surprises of free agency, from big to small to 100% random. I'm joined by John Daigle, Pat Darty, and Denny Carter. Guys, I want to start reminding you and our listeners, as everyone may recall, a few weeks ago, our very own Denny Carter ate a meat mountain of a sandwich from Arby's. And I was thinking about the sandwich recently. Uh, well, I haven't really stopped thinking about it, but <laughs> it reminded me that I recently had a thing where I was driving past an Arby's with one of my kids, and he was in the back seat, and he asked me a question. He said, Dad, is that Arby's logo a steak? And it was kind of a mind-blowing moment for me because my whole life, I just blindly assumed that it was like a 10-gallon hat. But then when you start to look at it, it kind of looks like a steak. And I asked some friends, and there was some debate and I'm not sure if you guys have ever talked about this because we've talked about Arby's a lot, but have you guys ever thought about this one? And if so, is it a steak or is it a hat? Well, I mean, I'm looking at it now. Uh, I I don't see how it can be a steak. Um, it's a hat. <laughs> it's got the kind of like how, how can it? Tell me, tell me how it can be a steak. Well, it's kind of got like like a kind of like a ribeye kind of thing, maybe or something. It looks like it's got some like steakish. Oh, I see. Like, wings kind of the milwaukee yeah. brewers thing where it's both a glove and an m or whatever is that what you're trying to say that uh this is some like avant-garde 60s style graphic design and maybe so Have, has no one else ever given this one you guys all thought it was a hat right see no one else has ever given this one thought matt because it's a hat uh <laughs> it's not a steak yeah I, I i'm pretty sure i mean i remember like the old school arby's before they rebranded with like the more simplified looking hat but it was like it was like a huge cowboy look cowboy hat, and it actually towered over uh, near the golf course where I used to play. <laughs> and so every time okay. I look over, I'd see the giant Arby's. That's important information. But I will say, <laughs> I mean, does the do they sell roast beef sandwiches or do they sell hats? I mean, the steak <laughs> would make more sense. That's where I that's where I keep getting stuck. The thing is, they don't sell steaks. You can't go into Arby's and say I'll have the ribeye. I tried the porterhouse. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like Daigle is sitting on the answer right now. He's going to be the tiebreaker. No, nothing. Do, do not come to me for anything. Uh, it just seems like we're running in circles right now. Arby's, by the way, absolutely the worst fast food place imaginable. Correct. 
our sponsor Arby's today. Yeah, uh, uh, we're gonna uh, <laughs> uh, go eat the processed roast beef. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say what's not the worst fast food place of all time, by the way, is Rallies slash Checkers. People hate on rallies and checkers sometimes. Uh, it's amazing, uh, just for the record. Do they hate or do they just not care? Well, it's kind of I, – I don't know. Have you ever had rallies or checkers? Yeah, it's it's fine. Uh, Whatever. You know, I, I could see how it was a bit uh, divisive, divisive. Um, the fries, though, <laughs> the, the fries settle any argument at rallies slash checkers. What is up with regional fast food uh, names, by the way? That's always been weird. Well, yeah, that's what's divisive for me is it's like it's the same place with <laughs> yeah, different names. I don't get that. Also, what, what's what's the West Coast thing that everybody on the West Coast always talks about? In-N-Out Burger? Is that a thing? Yes. Never, yeah. never seen one, never been to one. I'm, offend, <laughs> I'm offended by it when it when it comes across my timeline. I, you know, you, you can leave that in the chat, in the West Coast chat. I, I don't need to see it. Uh, politics, religion, and local fast food are the three things that <laughs> will always divide a country and people. I gotta say, Denny's wrong about In-N-Out. Uh, it's one thing that, I, I like to be a hater of hype, but In-N-Out is worth the hype to me, and if yeah. anytime they want to expand in St. Louis, Missouri, it's very good. be my guest. I'm devastated to hear this. Okay. Yeah, Denny, you're wrong on this one. Sorry. I was wrong about the hat and the, the steak. You're wrong about In-N-Out. Sorry. Yeah, man, it got kind of awkward with the hat. I mean, I know, I, it's just it's a hat. I'm sorry. That's what my other friends said to me, too, when I brought it up. I was hoping this would be a different situation, but nope. I stonewalled. I still think it's a steak, so I'm sticking to it. Well, Pat never mentioned that Andy Warhol actually created the Arby's hat. I was going to say, you know, that's, that's what that's what true. Matt's argument hinges on, is this being like a very clever, like 60s-style <laughs> graphic design. And I think I think it falls apart among closer inspection. Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig in and present some new arguments next <laughs> <Okay>. week. So. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh, we've got 10-ish, 10 or so free agency surprises to discuss. These are our 10-ish biggest surprises, not necessarily the the 10 biggest surprises. So let's go around the room here. I think some of these will be, many of these will be football related. Some will not be. Daigle, do you want to lead things off for us here? Sure, because I am actually surprised the Titans didn't add a strong number two receiver. I say strong because they did add a few players. Josh Reynolds, who has had success with the Rams the past few years. Uh, Marcus Johnson, who stepped in for like a month with the Colts, it was actually pretty effective as their downfield threat. But right now, as it stands on that roster, the eight current receivers behind A.J. Brown combined for 22 targets in the Titans offense last year. My point being, it's just an unfamiliar cast, for the most part, transitioning teams this offseason. Last year, of course, A.J. Brown, 106 targets, a 26% target share. Even if the numbers stay the same without Archer Smith, if Ryan Tannehill throws a similar amount of passes, 480 compared to last year's total, it is genuinely possible that, not only possible, let's say probable, that Brown checks in with 150 to 180 targets and at least a 32% target share. And if that is the case, 
Do you understand what A.J. Brown can do with 150 targets? Like, there is no way you can overrank him. You can't be too high on him because the ceiling is the overall wide receiver one with that amount of opportunity. Now we're talking. I'm glad that John mentioned Josh Reynolds because I actually have forgotten that he was on the (laughs) Titans. And I was going to say, is the Ferk daddy the number two weapon right now? But He still is. Is it? Yes. Is it Ferkser or is it Reynolds? I mean, it's probably Ferkser, isn't it? Uh, which is so that's a lot of talent. I mean, so Jonu Smith, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys all out the door, and all you've brought in essentially is Josh Reynolds. Like Marcus Johnson, I guess, does count. But yeah, and like and like to me it's surprising because it puts this team in a situation where if anyone who watched the 2020 Titans is probably like this team is gonna have to invest a lot of draft capital in the defense. Mm-hmm. And now like they have these needs in offense and a team that's been kind of like held together by very clever coaching. And, you know, now the clever offensive coordinator is gone and it's going to be, this is, this is like an on the spot off season for the Titans. Now. I, uh, since my brain has been broken by the internet, I only think in memes. And when John was talking about, you know, do you know what AJ Brown can do with 150 targets? I had the meme, the mean girls meme pop in my head. The one where she says, there is no limit. (laughs) You know, because I, I agree. I mean, uh, I know it's kind of a, a funny thing that you see every every year on fantasy Twitter where people say, however high you are on this guy, you're not high enough. But in this case, that that actually could be true for the first time in my experience, <laughs> um, uh, unless they make some like drastic move in the draft to get a receiver. But that's that seems unlikely. And yeah, I mean, as far as Josh Reynolds goes, like, I was looking at his numbers from when he got starts in uh, LA and you know, they weren't bad is, is what I'll say. Uh, You know, he got, he got plenty of looks. Was he super efficient? No, but you would assume that he's going to get kind of like an alarming number of targets here as the number two wide receiver. Now, number two target overall on the offense. I don't know. Like, like Pat said, that could be, as he calls it the FERC daddy, which I cannot believe that I just said, (laughs) Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, Reynolds is, um, Reynolds strikes me as a player you're going to want to draft if you start pretty running back heavy in your draft and you get to like middle late rounds and you just, you need some cheap targets. Reynolds is that guy. I think what you guys just described, John, are we going to see any first round AJ Brown late first round in Mm -hmm. this ball? Oh, I would, I would imagine, yeah. Right now, I believe he's going anywhere from the wide receiver five to wide receiver seven. And again, oh. if he falls beyond that, it's a steal already. It reminds me of Adam Thielen last year, how he kept on being taken as like the wide receiver thir- 12 or 13, where the opportunity was far too much. And of course, Justin Jefferson showed up and stole some of that. But right now, there's just no one you're concerned about in that offense at all. Even Berkser, like as a receiving tight end, who's also going to be asked to block quite a bit, it's just logically impossible for him to steal that much opportunity from Brown. So, I mean, the sky is literally the limit. Well, so as optimistic as we are about A.J. Brown, Pat, you called this an on-the-spot offense. Are we worried about this offense on the whole, fantasy-wise, beyond A.J. Brown in a post-Arthur Smith landscape? Just a li- I mean, they're stretching this formula to the limit where, like, the play action and like play action only and running, you know, super run-heavy. Like, the yards for attempt came way down last year. The turnovers kind of came up for Ryan Tannehill. He, he didn't look like Dolphins, like bad Dolphins Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but he didn't look like 2019 Ryan Tannehill. He was still a better player than he was in Miami. 
but like so the, the formula like, they got taken to the absolute max in 2019 regressed a little bit last year and yeah now that talent is out the door and that play caller is out the door so i would be a bit worried about the titans offense in general Tannehill, in my opinion is definitely vulnerable of course derrick henry has if you include the postseason 400 plus touches and back-to-back season which is insane to think about but that's why i I love A.J. Brown this year, not only because it's the talent getting the targets, but also even if the offense lacks efficiency and steps backwards, no matter what, we're going to try to draft a receiver high who we think is going to get 150 looks. And now it's A.J. Brown. So I think either way, no matter how efficient or inefficient this offense is without Arthur Smith, A.J. Brown is perfectly safe. All right, that's our first surprise, Pat. What do you have for your first uh, first pick here? I mean, I don't have like super. There's not a whole lot to say about this one, but I mean, I when you turn up talk about like genuine surprise, I was stunned that the Packers re-signed Aaron Jones when they had appeared to be laying the groundwork to let Aaron Jones walk for an entire year, and bringing Aaron Jones back was smart. In my, he's one of the best three down backs in the NFL. Even though he doesn't play, he only plays sixty to seventy percent of the snaps. He's one of the best three down talents. In the NFL, where you, explosive runner uh, can finish near the goal line and is one of the best pass catching backs in the NFL. So I think it was smart to re-sign him. But this is again now like the, with the first two picks of the Packers draft uh, in 2020. What was the plan? Because you have two backups now, and we can't even come close to taking it for granted that AJ Dillon is better than Jamal Williams. Like Jamal Williams always annoys us in fantasy, but he was another guy very capable of playing all three downs. They could plug him in in any situation, sub him in in any situation, and he can do what they needed. And we have no idea if they can do that with AJ Dillon. And I just, uh, I don't, what what was the Packers 2020 plan? I just, I have still, we were baffled. We first guessed it and now uh, very fair to second guess it. I, yeah, we were giving them credit for the, for what seemed like a pretty good plan is to, to look ahead, say Aaron Jones is, going to be super expensive uh in free agency in the you know uh 2021 off season so let's get uh, a rookie who can take a, a pretty full workload uh who doesn't get paid nearly a fraction of what uh Aaron Jones would would demand at that point and let's do that and it seemed like oh okay like this team this team's on it despite the Jordan Love pick despite everything it seems okay they, they understand that this part of the game and then this, and then they bring him back, which you know no one expected. Even the most you know uh, upbeat, positive uh, beat writers for Green Bay uh, had no inclination that Aaron Jones was coming back. So it is a huge surprise. Fantasy wise, it's kind of a wash. In fact, I mean, maybe Aaron Jones sees you know more snaps and and more touches this year with with Jamal Williams gone. You know, AJ Dillon doesn't really fit that Jamal Williams uh, role as far as pass catching goes, especially. So maybe maybe it's even better for Jones this year than it was last year. I don't think it's maybe. I think it's absolutely much better from Jones, who has a much heightened outlook now since we believe he's going to exclusively step into that third down role. Uh, And there are so many questions at his positions in the range you're drafting him anyway. Saquon Barkley returning from his second serious injury in the last two seasons under Jason Garrett. Derrick Henry, like we talked about earlier, without Arthur Smith and a new OC. Uh, Alvin Kamara without Drew Brees' high target share now. So can Aaron Jones be the number three or number four overall back? Absolutely. Well, the, the, the concern does come in. Like We know Aaron Jones, I mean, just by results, has been one of the best goal linebacks in the NFL over the past two years. But you would certainly think A.J. Dillon will be a humongous threat there. And it's so like, even if like maybe there's increased overall touches, maybe he loses enough money touches 
or his value doesn't really go up. And but, uh, we can, I could go in circles talking on that one. And I will say re-signing Aaron Jones expensive, like was 12 million a year. I mean, that's more as we know, the team should be allocating to running backs in 2021, but it wasn't to the insane level of some of the recent running back deals we've seen, you know, not like what Le'Veon Bell got in free agency. So I don't think it was like a super reckless contract, even though, again, we know you should not be allocating that much money to running backs. All right, Danny, you're up next in the order. What's your first surprise? All right. All right. Listen, I uh, take no pleasure in in bringing this to the table, but I I feel it it needs to be aired. Uh, And that is my surprise that uh, the mainstream media and all media and everybody who's ever watched football is so down on Andy Dalton being the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears this year compared to Mitch Trubisky. I, folks, see it as a significant upgrade for everybody in that offense, including Allen Robinson. And here's why. Before you guys fire me, Pat. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's too late. Just to <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Paperwork's in. The paperwork's Sorry, in. Sorry, filed. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, Dalton obviously has a, has a much – you know, much larger sample size here. Dalton has a higher adjusted yards per attempt, uh, higher touchdown rate, lower interception rate, and a lower sack rate than Trubisky. Dalton has also often fed his number one receivers last year in Dallas. Amari Cooper averaged seven targets per game in 11 Dalton starts. It's not a lot, but it's something. And uh, Dalton had his highest adjusted yards per attempt last year when throwing to Cooper. In, you know, in full seasons in Cincinnati, A.J. Green regularly saw 140, 150, sometimes north of 170 targets with Dalton under center. Uh, so I, I think, you know, Dalton knows where I'm going to use a boomer phrase where his bread is buttered. And I think Allen Robinson has the butter and the bread and all that. And, and Dalton knows it. Hayden Winks is not allowed to ingest butter or bread, by the way. So again, the Zoomers don't even know. I don't know anything about that phrase. And I was going to say, you are in like the the Henry VIII star chamber when it comes to defending this. This is like politically charged, like your life is on the line. And so I I do agree with the premise. Like he's a clear upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. And of course, the disappointment from the Bears fans is that this is a franchise that needs to be thinking better. Like the bar they need to be clearing is not just better than Nick Foles and uh, a lack of imagination still. And the Dalton, the best Dalton years in Cincinnati, he had like stacked supporting cast, you know, like a lot of skill talent came through Cincinnati in like the first half of the the past decade. And and the bears, they don't really have that. I mean, especially could Anthony Miller still be traded? Probably not, but that could be like a weird draft week trade. That was an early free agency rumor that popped up and then kind of disappeared. And he does, he does have the alpha. We know that Andy Dalton will target his alpha. So that's it will, there'll be higher quality targets for everyone in the bears offense, but the improvement is just so marginal. All things considered they cleared the first bar is your quarterback better than Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. But whatever the second bar is, I do not believe they've cleared it. Uh, left guard James Daniels only played five games. Bobby Massey, the right tackle, was only available for eight. So they will be getting healthier in the offensive line. That was league average in pro football focuses, blocking efficiency, uh, adjusted sack rate of football outsiders. But still, Andy Dalton in his, what is he now, 36, uh, mm-hmm. fresh off and using adjusted yards per attempt, clearly much more intelligent, but still a career low in actual yards per attempt last year. I just don't have my concerns. And also, what is the ceiling? Well, let's say you target Andy Dalton late 
like you're going to do and like you're saying. Like, like Denny already has. Like Denny has already been doing. Uh, what like what do you perceive his ceiling to be? And I understand we can get away with median scoring at the position, but like is Andy Dalton even going to spike a couple like league winning weeks? I I can't imagine so. I want uh, I want to back you and believe you, Denny. I just cannot logically see it. That's a that's a tough test to say yes he's going to have spike weeks but um uh we, you know he has finished and the zoomers can't remember this they weren't even born uh Dalton has uh, finished as the QB11 the QB5 and the QB12 over his time in the NFL now I I'm leaving out several you know years in which he finished <laughs> outside the top 20 we're not going to talk about those years but we're here to talk about the upside so I guess Dalton to me looks like a reasonable pick in like super flex or best ball. I'm not out here. I'm not going to tout him as like, he he's the late round key, you know, for seasonal leagues for one quarterback leagues. That's not, that's not happening. But so what you're saying is like every super flex league I'm in with JJ Zacharias and, uh, and August where he's like, Oh man, I can't believe I got sniped on golf, which actually happened last year with JJ, by the way, he sent me that exact text. He'll be targeting. Andy I, I could see saying. it happening. Let's say that. Okay. So, Denny, yeah. Uh, I just released best ball QB tiers, and the rest are rolling out um, this week throughout the weekend. And I have Andy Dalton in the very last tier. That's not the point. The group he's with, like Jameis Winston, Drew Locke, guys we don't even know are going to start a full season. Um, as you know on this podcast, we put skin in the game, thus we are not allowed to just make takes. Okay. So what if I take, without knowing the situation, would you say put Andy Dalton against Jameis Winston mm-hmm. without even knowing if he's going to start? What if I take Jameis Winston versus Andy Dalton score fantasy scoring next year? I I'll take it. Okay, that is a virtual handshake. All right. That is the first. That is the first total points. Total fantasy points. Yes, I have Jameis Winston. Denny has Andy Dalton. Put it on the board. Let's, the first of many to come this year. All right, let's a, do it. A meat mountain is on the line. By the way, I'll back you on Dalton, Denny, if you'll come over to my side on this stick versus hat. That's the <laughs> trade I'm willing to talk about. The stick or hat. We'll talk about Matt, it. Matt, Matt's just zoned out on everything. He's just like obsessed. I haven't been uh, thinking about anything else. We could see his computer right now. It's just 19 Google images of the Arby's hat and looking at it from different angles. Uh-huh. My walls, actually. I've got a whole Arby's wall. Uh, okay, I got one here. I don't, And I don't know where you guys land on this one as as hardened and skeptical football analysts. But I'm surprised that, a little bit surprised that no one has signed James Conner. He was on pace for a 1,000-yard-plus season with double-digit scores in the first half, totally fell off in the second half, had less than 300 total yards, also tested positive for COVID, which it seemed like contributed to derailing his season. But, you know, durability issues, yes, but he's still just 25 years old. For God's sake, Matt Breida got a contract. So why can't Conner? I mean, do you guys, do any of you guys share my surprise mild surprise that no one has signed him it entered my head to suggest james connor for this pod and then because i wasn't surprised i didn't suggest it uh i mean it is a little weird a guy with like i mean when you have a track record the problem for james connor is that his, his he's basically like a deluxe jamal williams and if you're gonna be like a jamal williams talent one of your main talents needs to be availability so like james connor can do kind of everything but he doesn't do any of it at like a super high level and when you're that kind of player and then you have durability issues, that's why you linger on the open market. So, like, if he had just stayed healthy for, like, 14 or 15 games each of the past two years, you know, averaged a little over four yards per carry, averaged, like, seven to eight yards per catch, there would have been, like, a Jamal Williams-type market available for him. But when he's just, like – when you're, like, the jack of all trades, the master of none, and then you throw in that you're not durable, 
that is what happens. And it, it's surprising because a guy who like scored a lot of fantasy points is kind of a big name, but that, that is why this happens. And ultimately isn't that surprising to me. I think it goes back to the Aaron Jones extension in that I'm not so much shocked that James Connor hasn't signed somewhere yet so much so that I'm shocked that like Chris Carson and Aaron Jones, their teams essentially bid against themselves in a market that clearly like has no interest in running backs this year. Um, it's just hard for anyone to latch anywhere. Wayne Gallman scored six straight games and no one cares at all. He's just still out there on the streets. There's so many committee backs available on the market right now that someone can just scoop up in the next couple months because it just doesn't seem like anyone is willing to go anywhere or anyone shopping in that position right now. James Conner is going to sign with someone and it's going to be it for a shocking, shockingly low amount of guaranteed money. Yeah. Like that's pretty much clear now. I, I'm sure that that's, that's the issue here is that Connor wants, you know, way more probably than teams are willing to offer. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a horrible year to be a free agent. It's a, it's an especially terrible year to be a free agent running back. We've seen that even with the top guys like Chris Carson. So uh, he'll sign somewhere fantasy wise. I would be shocked if he wasn't just part of a committee He'll probably require, you know, uh, backfield injuries to get like a f- anything close to a full workload. Um, so I, even for a zero RB truther, I'm not I'm not exi- excited about James Conner. Fournette left the best taste in everyone's mouth more recently than any other back. Yeah. And even he got a one year deal worth three million. Right. You just can't find it on the market this year. But let's just save some time right now and cut our video analyzing James Conner to the Texans. Uh, you know, I don't know why they added another back, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we could. That was, we should. That was false. Yeah. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Just a very quick reminder that our premium product subscriptions at the NBC Sports Edge cover all sports, so you can still get access to NBA, NHL, and MLB premium products with the baseball draft guide now available for 10% off any subscription and the promo code good 10. That would be good 10 for 10% off Daigle back to you. I believe I'm still surprised the Panthers put all their eggs into one basket. Uh, Deshaun Watson was referred to as plan a, B and C with multiple reports citing that the Panthers are trying to ship all three of their available first-round picks the next three years, including this year's number eight overall selection to the Texans for Watson. Of course, we know what's going on with the civil lawsuits, but really it's it's just an amazing situation, not only for someone to grow in, but for fantasy, for our purposes, because even though the offense faltered at times last year, in hindsight, Joe Brady schemed career highs for Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Mike Davis, and Curtis Samuel against the league's toughest passing schedule, the number one hardest slate of passing defense that the Panthers faced, and yet Joe Brady was that successful in that schedule. So no matter who lands there, and although we thought it was initially going to be Watson, maybe it's a rookie, maybe it's Justin Fields, for instance, who, as we saw last year, the Panthers already 
try to target and emphasize their draft around athleticism and just drafting young athletes. Whoever lands in this situation, it's just going to be a golden opportunity for fantasy. And they've made it clear they don't want it to be Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe Bridgewater backdoors his way back into being a starter for another year. And if so, I'd genuinely be interested. But that's the spot I'm waiting to see who starts there in week one. You know, they do keep subtweeting Teddy Bridgewater, and it, it, clearly they had no plan B, and their best plan B would have been trading up. So number one wasn't available, number two wasn't available. Plan B would be to trade up to number three, and they got outmaneuvered on trading up to number three. So they're either kicking the can down the road to next year in quarterback, or they're really confident they can get who they want at eight, or you're planning a move up to four. Because we know they're a team that will be willing to do that. Because they, they've said all the right quotes that we probably agree with on quarterback, like that it begins and ends with quarterback. Like you got to get the quarterback question right. So we know they're going to be thinking big. But yeah, plan A is out the window through no fault of their own. Plan B, I don't know if they were asleep at the wheel or just didn't want to move up to number three. And plan C, if it exists, uh, we have not seen it and uh, they might not be able to even pull it off. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Interesting situation. I, I can't imagine Bridgewater starting for them. I mean, I feel like it would be like hugely disappointing to the team owner, to the fans, to everybody who's been all you know very psyched uh, to see a team that is clearly ready and willing to do anything, whatever it takes, to upgrade at quarterback for a while. Like like John said, that looked like selling out for Deshaun Watson, which would have been pretty cool for fantasy purposes in that offense with DJ Moore, with Robbie Anderson, with Christian McCaffrey, that's gone now. And uh, I I would be pretty surprised slash stunned if they don't come away from the draft with a quarterback to compete with, uh, with Bridgewater. The most recent blurb we have on edge is that Bridgewater is the guy according to Matt rule. But of course, remember at this time last year, Cam Newton was the guy and then a month later he wasn't. So that's just how they're going to handle all their press conferences. And like, remember the cam, it was like really weak. I think the Bridgewater yeah. one was kind of weak too. Yeah. Like where Matt rules, like not very good at faking it. Like, yeah, you know, uh, he gets out his phone. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, yeah, yeah, he's the guy. He's, a, he's, he's he, reading off uh, the notes app. Right. Br- Bridgewater is a quarterback. That's that's what I'll say. <laughs> he's a quarterback. He's on our roster today. That's what I'll say. About Ted, Teddy Bridgewater has eyes. <laughs> Take it to the bank. <laughs> All right, Pat, you're up next. Uh, well, I'm surprised. Why have the Denver Broncos not added any veteran competition for Drew Locke? I mean, what, what is it? What is Jeff Driscoll and who? You didn't watch Brett Rippon play last year, clearly. There we go. Brett Rippon. Oh, I did. Right. <laughs> guy was slinging it. He was. That guy was slinging My it. My Broncos quarterback, personally, is Kendall Hinton. And why he's not getting a shot <laughs> at earning the job this offseason, I feel like we're not talking about that enough. Fair question. But, so I mean, it's the Broncos. I mean, does any team in the league have like a more impressive? I mean, they probably do. More impressive collection of young skill talent. They have one of the most impressive collections mm-hmm. of young skill talent in the entire league, and they're getting Cortland Sutton back this year. And like, this is like a plug and play offense. Like, you get the right quarterback in there. This is going to be hitting the ground running offense. And Drew Locke. I mean, it was just two years now. I, I'm. He's the first Mizzou quarterback I ever actively rooted for in the NFL. And like, there's just what is there to go on here? It's just two years of abysmal brutal results and the only straw you can grasp at maybe is he's getting some continuity finally uh, pat Shermer, second year's coordinator uh, we're hoping they'll actually get some in-person work this offseason maybe actually get some otas maybe drew lock can finally make some off the field and not not that he, i've heard anything bad about that but like he needs to improve everywhere in quarterbacking he needs the offseason like badly 
Uh, so maybe he can at least have a real offseason with some continuity with his coordinator. But this was a team that even Ryan Fitzpatrick would have been a yeah. boon for this team. And I'm just shocked that they weren't in on any of these other veteran quarterbacks. It is amazing that they seem they seem set to give Locke an, another shot, like another whole season in this you know very small window where you have Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. You know, hopefully he's back fully healthy. It looks like he's on track to do that. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon. You have the pieces in place on the offense. Now is the time. They're going to waste another season. That just blows my mind. Uh, Drew Lock could could take a step in his second year and still be pretty bad like that. that Denny, here's how bad it, it's his third year. Getting, getting late yeah. early out there ooh, for Drew Locke. Ooh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, so uh, he, could, he could in his third year, take a step and still be bad because I'm, um, you just look at the peripherals and they're off the charts bad. He's at the bottom you know, of the starting quarterbacks in almost every category you look at. Uh, so I don't really, I don't get it. I would guess that they're just going to clear the lane and say, well, we did give them competition. We brought in, you know, free agent X off the street in July and Drew Lock beat him out. So what can you do? Uh, it's disappointing. I was going to ask you, John, is the plan number nine? Like, is there, uh, what, what's, I don't know. I just feel like I've been beating a dead horse for three seasons now. My my big takeaway that I'll keep emphasizing is that I don't understand why they are committed to a second-round quarterback. You can easily get away from him. You don't even have the draft capital in him. He slipped because no one else wanted him. You've seen what he can do, and yet they are still going right back to him. It doesn't make any sense. They've been sniffing around the quarterback market and a lot of rookies, but the guys they want, I mean, it sounds, I believe Daniel Jeremiah's most recent mock had five quarterbacks in the top 10. It doesn't seem like even Trey Lance is going to slip in this draft, I get, they have a new GM. Maybe they're just kind of staying silent, trying to be stealthy ahead of the draft. But you haven't heard a, a lot of noise about that, and uh, it doesn't seem like it's the plan. But maybe with the new front office, maybe this is like a different approach, and maybe they're staying stealthy. I like the positive spin. I'm sure it'll all work out well. Uh, <laughs> Danny, I think you're next. I am. Uh, so I'm surprised that the Ravens couldn't draw in. A, a free agent wide receiver, but I also understand why it didn't happen. Uh, you know, the athletic had a, a good piece last week on just, ha- just how unappealing that Baltimore offense is for a free agent wide receiver who, who would have been looking to sign a pretty, you know, pretty much a one year deal and then, you know, become a free agent again next off season. Uh, and then say, Oh, look what I did in 2021 on my one year deal. Well, you're not going to do anything in the Ravens offense, even if, you're hyper efficient. Even if you have you do everything you're supposed to do as a receiver, you're still not going to see the kind of volume that would, you know, create a statistically really good season. And so I, I understand why that happened. Marquise Brown is going to come into the season as again, as the wide receiver one for this team. Uh, and that to me is a little bit mind blowing because he just doesn't fit that that role. Uh, you know, last year he saw a, a major boost in targets. He saw 71 targets in 2019. He saw 90, 99 targets in 2020. His air yards spiked by over 500. Um, his air yards per target jumped by three yards, almost three yards. So uh, he did progress and he still was largely 
incredibly frustrating for fantasy purposes. Uh, so, you know, even though he is the wide receiver one, even though his target share is going to look nice in this offense, I just don't think it, it matters a whole lot. And I don't understand how the team didn't, uh, you know, really sell out to get another receiver in there. To add to Denny's point about the target share not mattering, it's because clearly it's all relative. Uh, the Ravens have targeted their wide receivers at the third and eighth lowest rate in the league the last two years with Lamar Jackson. For better or worse, I think it is good for Marquise Brown's opportunity and that it sticks that he's the number one, clear number one, going back into this year. I don't know what's going to happen or what he's going to do with that opportunity, but I think it will definitely be there again. Uh if it's not Sammy Watkins, which it most likely is, it would be Devin DuVernay, I guess, on the outside because it seems like non-draft capital Julio Jones, Mike Miles Boykin, that's his full running name, they're just already done with uh, because any opportunity he's had, he hasn't been able to succeed in the NFL. So, yeah, I, for better or worse, the opportunity will be there for Marquise Brown. I don't know what's going to happen with it, though. I have a point to make. My neighbor is the world's largest, loudest lawnmower currently going, so sorry if you hear that. Uh so I'm not surprised that again, it wasn't an attractive destination for wide receivers. There is one receiver where I was surprised it was not an attractive destination. And you know, Juju Smith-Schuster reportedly turned down considerably more money uh, to stay with the Steelers instead of going to the Ravens. And you talk about the Ravens' offense and like where they want to use receivers, here it comes the uh, – I'm so distracted and so tilted by uh, this Goliath lawnmower. But like Lamar Jackson is most comfortable between the numbers – and Juju Smith-Schuster has been a yeah, – I don't say a beast, but that's where he's done his work the past two years. And I thought Juju was just a very, very good fit for this offense yeah, at a major position of need. And turning down more money uh, – so it, it's not a, an offense where you're going to go to shine as a receiver if you're playing in a one-year deal, but I would rather take my chances with Lamar Jackson than Ben Roethlisberger elbow surgery. You know, So I, I was very surprised – and at large, I understood it, but I was surprised Juju Smith-Schuster was not more bullish on this opportunity. Juju was surprising, especially because it was for significantly more money. But the notion of going all in uh, was a common theme that was blown out of proportion this offseason. Like, uh, I, I can understand T.Y. Hilton taking a million less to go back to Indianapolis rather than Baltimore because he's familiar with the people in the organization, whether it's in the locker room or on the field and everything else with the city. But for the Ravens to say, and the bears to say they went all in on Kenny Galladay, like you went all in relative according to what you could do. Like one year, 12 million is not the same as Galladay getting a multi-year deal for 18 million. So it's not really all in. You just kind of swiped at him. You tried your best, but it's just like, it's not even close to you being in the ballpark of getting this guy. So outside of, it seems like all they did was offer one year deals to guy and Sammy Watkins being familiar with the OC and his wide receivers coach who works there is the guy they landed. That is a good point. If you're going to try to get Mr. Steeler to go to the Ravens, yeah, they needed to make a bigger, it was more money, but that's actually a very good point. It wasn't an impressive enough of a commitment. That Sammy Watkins deal is going to look fantastic week one when he goes off. I won't I won't speculate beyond that. But man, what a week one dynamo Sammy Watkins has had <laughs> the last two years. Yeah. All right. Yeah, keeping it with uh, receivers, I, just looking at the Saints depth chart, I was surprised just at how thin the situation is beyond Michael Thomas. And we haven't seen this offense really support multiple fantasy-relevant wideouts since 2016, back in the Brandon Cooks-Willie Sneed era. But... Do you guys think this is a signal that the Saints think Traquan Smith can be that guy, or do we think it's going to be more of just targets funneled to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and then just a crapshoot after that? It's your guy, Traquan. 
Pat? Come on. I was yeah. muted because of uh, the world's largest. Oh, right, uh, right, I mean, listen, a guy, we look for players. When, when you see a young player who's already had spiked weeks, that's a good thing. And, like, they like him. He got a little more opportunity last year than I thought. Kind of, I, I was kind of, like, written him off. And he kind of reemerged a little bit last year. Uh, I'm still, I, I still roster Traquan Smith and Dynasty. I'll put it that way. And the Saints, what's their approach going to be in the draft? I mean, they're probably probably more offensive than defensive, right? Uh, I mean, they could kind of go any. They they kind of go best player available. Well, sometimes they aggressively dress needs too. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm lost in the woods on Traquan Smith here, and uh, I need someone else to say something. I mean, for 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 now, I think for now. Traquan Smith looks like he'll have some opportunity in that offense. Uh, you know, according to what his role has been in that offense uh, when he when he gets a, sh- a shot, and then also Emmanuel Sanders leaving, but that changes dramatically if New Orleans goes goes ahead and, and drafts a running back. Not you know not super early, but some somewhere mid- middle of the draft. You know, I don't I don't think that Traquan Smith's number two wide receiver spot is extremely safe right now. Let's put it that way. It could also be Marcus Callaway, who's uh, who was an undrafted free agent that I always like and um, had some success on the field whenever given an opportunity last year in place of Traquan Smith. Also, this is going to really excite Denny, but I know per the most recent established the run podcast that Nick Underhill, good Saints beat reporter, great mm-hmm. Saints beat reporter, told Evan Silva that. And it showed in their free agency process that they only added Nick Vanette at tight end, that apparently they're all in on Adam Troutman, who also graded as a terrific run blocker at Pro Football Focus last year. So it does seem like they're depending on him to potentially be their third receiving option, as insane as that is. Hey, I'm all, I'm, I'm, this is the best news I've heard all week. Thank you. <laughs> Denny's last out of Trout. Um, and he's, we're going to talk about Adam Trout. Troutman has somehow come up, I think, four or five podcasts, which seems like very, a lot. Or too many it seems times. like a lot for early April. The Trout Daddy. The Trout Daddy, yes. The <laughs> Trout Daddy. Oh, no. Uh, okay. I think we're getting close to our target number of 10 here. I think we got a couple left to go. Who's got one ready? I'm surprised the most explosive offense in human history uh, can't get anyone agree to agree to be its number two receiver and that the Kansas City Chiefs currently uh, – well, their number two receiver is well, – it's a mix of what, Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, and Byron Pringle. That seems – uh, disastrous maybe uh so like like a doomsday worst case scenario and i don't I, what is like what is going on here exactly because like the chiefs couldn't lure a juju smith schuster and it seems like the, the chiefs front office is kind of having i said i wonder if this is like andy reeds because you know the, the john dorsey era in kansas city got off to a pretty good start and it kind of like ended disastrously and it, this i wonder is that happening again with brett veach and like maybe andy reed needs to like cycle through guys and kind of like have resets for personnel. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just very shocked that Brett Veach and Andy Reid and the Chiefs were not able to seal the deal on anyone uh, for I mean, someone who like might not even be a real number two receiver, but to someone who is better than Miko Hardman, Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle. I, I completely agree with you. I'm shocked that you can't dangle the carrot of saying, come play with Patrick Mahomes for one year and not anyone, even a player like Deshaun Jackson, who I know has ties, but that's where he's from is Los Angeles. But even then, like just a speedster on the outside, Josh Reynolds would have been a great add too for that team. 
Uh, it's really odd. And I understand they're they're going. They have a lot of contracts, a ton of cap space already being soaked up. Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes. List goes on and on of that team. Travis Kelsey. But overall, to just genuinely keep on running back to Marcus Robinson every year, it's is it's, it's pretty bold. wild. I, I guess the the concept of two guys soaking up fifty percent of the targets every year is going to push some some free agent wide receivers away. But still, you have to think that, you know, I don't know, getting a 12 or 13% target share in a Patrick Mahomes offense for a guy like Josh Reynolds could be pretty good for his career. I don't, you know, I'm spitballing here, but it just, it just seems like, you know, if I, if I were a free agent wide receiver, I would simply sign <laughs> with the Chiefs and catch balls from Patrick Mahomes. It seems straightforward. It's, I mean, yeah, I talk about Juju turning on the Ravens, Juju turning on the Chiefs. Even if you're the number three option, like who's going to improve your value more? He's the number three option with the Steelers. Right. Like you're betting again on Ben Roethlisberger's elbow instead of Patrick Mahomes. It makes no sense. Meanwhile, Nicole Hardman's season is literally <laughs> February to March, and that's it. <laughs> it's, it's true. Two months long, and I'm then it afraid, goes. Away. Man, I'm like, guys. He's kind of a value, right? Like, let's be real. I'm afraid I'm going to be going back down that rabbit hole. Like, once it gets hot outside. No, we're going. We're going there. We are going. There. <laughs> don't, don't a slippery it. slope. It is a slippery slope. And I, I understand that Georgia. Like, he only played receiver in college for two years. He was a kick returner, um, and then transitioned to that position in the slot primarily. But even then, just to be able to run faster than anyone else except Tyreek Hill and be on the other side of the one guy who's faster than you, like, why doesn't that happen more? It's it's odd how they perceive Nicole Hardman. All right. One more. I think Denny may have one left. Denny, bring us home here. What, what is it? You know, in, in this age of NFTs, and if you don't know what that is, Google it. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm shocked that, you know, in free agency, NFL free agency this year, we didn't see more contracts uh, using NBA top shot moments as incentive. Uh, I, I, I don't really understand why players would want to uh, play for money when they can play for <laughs> top shot moments. And, and, you know, why, why take money when you can take something and then sell it for 85 times what you bought it for? I just, it blows my mind that that didn't happen. A Trevor Ariza behind the back pass moment should have been like, that should be the signing bonus for like a running back who's only getting like a one year, $3 million deal. That's right. Denny, I'm surprised most of the special teams contracts this year were done via top shot moments. That was the the, the contract structure. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that. I, I so, Someone told me, and I thought it was a rumor, that the Texans are paying all of their players in NFTs. Uh, that uh, We'll have to look into that. Have you heard the latest uh, craze on Ethereum blockchain, Denny? Oh, no. I don't do know what know? any of that is. <laughs> have, I, have I, know you, craze. I know what a craze is. The uh, the latest NFT craze is horse oh, racing no. for yeah. Ethereum. That's right. And I've taken part in it. And I'm here to say it's pretty fun. God. Admittedly. Oh, dear God. I, I'll say if I were a GM. Look out for Orem, look out for Orem Lady in the streets. That's my horse. <laughs> oh, no. Pat, and I'm the one who gets fired. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I would say if I'm a GM, I would just be trying to dazzle the young players like, we're putting your signing bonus on the blockchain, and uh, I can't explain right. to you why that's good. You just have to take my word for it to sign here. The bonus is on the blockchain. It's an uh, NFT, uh, Dogecoin, Elon Musk, uh, words, right. and yeah, and then the player to signs immediately. You're right. You'll get a spaceship. I know y'all are open to it. I know y'all aren't like uh, – ignorant has negative connotation, but like – 
I know y'all are open to the idea. Uh, I just feel like I'm talking to 70 year olds anytime we talk about <laughs> NFTs. You are. You, you are. are. I literally, you said something about a horse, and I don't know what you have. I don't. You said that's my horse. I don't know what you have. Do you have a digital image of the horse? Do you have a digital share of the horse? I know I, nothing. I can't compute any of it. That's I love it. Another <laughs> podcast for another day. Okay, guys, anything to promote before we depart? I will have some content uh, ready for the folks tomorrow, which is Friday. Um, I first have to run it by Pat, but I, I, I guarantee you it'll, it'll get we on can the workshop site. it here on the pod like we normally do, but it'll be up. Check it out tomorrow <laughs> uh, or today, the uh, unknown Denny column. That's right. And best ball tiers on the site. They keep coming up. So just keep on focusing in. All right. Daigle, Pat, Denny, thanks, guys. Thanks to all of you for listening. We will see you next week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.